when an advisor is working with a client, what are we actually doing? What is the point of you working with a financial advisor? I've drawn this question from thousands of meetings, and I think what people are really asking is this, am I going to be okay? People don't know what they don't know, especially in many areas, but especially in the financial world. Instead of needing 10,000 that month, maybe you need 15. Where is that going to come from? I want to maximize what I have and I'm entitled to, right? Pension, social securities, whatever it is. And I want to eliminate that big mistake. That is what an advisor does. Welcome to Dear Rochester. Retire well. Dive in. Be curious. Become prosperous. David Pulsini, CFP, his team, and his guests will help you figure out your six points and give you the ultimate roadmap to financial freedom and what to do from there. Now, let's get started. Welcome back, folks. Dave Pulsini here. And in this episode, we are addressing the question, what do I mean by that? When an advisor is working with a client, what are we actually doing? What is the point of you working with a financial advisor? What's the point? What are we as advisors doing? We get questions on investments, insurance, taxes, inheritance planning, retirement details, and really anything you can imagine. At the end of it, what are people actually asking? So I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've drawn this question from thousands of meetings, and I think what people are really asking is this, am I going to be okay? And this question is particularly relevant when it comes to financial security and planning for retirement, and it's a concern that many of us share. So let's start by unpacking what financial security really means. And it's not just about the numbers in your bank account or your investments. It's about the comfort and confidence that you can meet your needs today and in the future, right? So this includes managing expenses, preparing for emergencies, planning for long-term goals. And a cornerstone of this is effective budgeting and saving. And we know that creating a realistic budget helps everybody understand where their money is, where it's going, opportunities for saving. And I'll ask you this, do you have a budget? Very few people do because yeah, honestly, guys, it's boring. It seems like too much accountability. I don't want to deal with it. And it's some work to get it done. If you're one of the few that is all over the budget and you have one, good for you. Uh, most people don't, is, is from what I've seen at least. So, But as far as retirement goes, we make the budgeting simple and, and you want to as well. We want to ask these questions. How much money do you need? Where will it come from? And an example of this would be if you need $10,000 per month, and you have pensions and social security that are $8,000 per month, the question you should be asking is, how much should I have invested in savings of some kind to fill that gap? Then we want to work backward to do that in the most efficient way possible. How do we do that? First, we determine the goal. In my example of needing an additional $2,000 per month or $24,000 per year, we just back into it. So to take $24,000 out of an account, we would need about $600,000 in an investment account. Then we want to figure out how much you already have. If you're short of that goal, we figure out how much you need to save every month based on how long you have before you need it. And I'll simplify this in a second, but 
If you're over that goal already, it may make sense to take less risk or to use your money for other things or save in a different way. And honestly, I realize as I'm saying this that uh, <laughs> there are so many different situations and different scenarios, it's hard to give absolutes. But the framework really is what I just said. How much do we need? If we are short, how much do we need to save? What account do we save it into? And we monitor it. If we're ahead of our goal. Let's avoid the big mistake. And when we follow this process, the question, going back to that question, am I going to be okay is answered. And it's reinforced every time we have a meeting. We'll be back after this short message. Do you know how much money you need to retire with confidence? Do you know how long your money will last? Are you missing something? Retirement planning is like a puzzle. And we want to make sure that not only do we have all of the pieces, but that the pieces are in the right place. To find out where you stand, go to sixpointfp.com and take our How Much Do You Need to Retire? five-question quiz. We will email you a free video response to let you know what we think. Now, back to the show. Secondary to that, am I going to be okay when you ask that question? It does have a sub-layer. And if I were a client of an advisory firm, which I am, I would then be thinking, my advisor better make sure I'm not missing something. FOMO is real, folks. <laughs> That's why you're listening to this episode, right? You want to know everybody what everybody else is asking. And, and again, going back to that question, people don't know what they don't know, especially in many areas, but especially in the financial world. And am I going to be okay is the first question to ask. Once I know that I'm okay, I want to maximize what I have and I'm entitled to, right? Pension, social securities, whatever it is. And I want to eliminate that big mistake. That is what an advisor does. So let me, let me give you this. What are the biggest mistakes that we see? Number one is underestimating expenses. So many people underestimate what their living expenses in retirement are going to be. It's, it's tough to figure out. So I don't blame folks for that. But people often fail to account for inflation, healthcare costs, unexpected expenses, uh, that lead to a shortfall in the budget, right? It, instead of needing 10,000 that month, maybe you need 15. Where is that going to come from? So it's crucial to have a realistic understanding of monthly and future expenses, including the potential need for long-term care, which I'm not going to get into in this episode. But the second mistake we see, withdrawing too much too soon, okay? Another common mistake is taking money from retirement savings too early in retirement. And this really significantly increases the risk of outliving your savings. So when you retire, we should have ideally a, strat a strategic withdrawal plan that considers total savings, expected lifespan, how long are we going to be around, investment returns, and, and ensuring a steady income throughout retirement. We do run into people who retire, I'm making this up, they have $400,000 and three years later, it's gone. Okay. The culprits are typically cars, their kids' wedding, home improvements, uh, gifting to grandkids. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to be using large chunks of money on these things, make sure it is built into your plan. In most cases like this, by the way, people are not thinking of taxes, which is the next big mistake. So I'll give you the third one, neglecting taxes. <laughs> taxes don't retire when you do. Many retirees do not adequately plan for taxes on their retirement income, including withdrawals from tax-deferred accounts like 401ks and IRAs. So 
understanding implications of different retirement accounts, and strategically planning withdrawals can help minimize the tax burden. In your 401k, 403b, pensions, you have a silent partner who gets 20 to 40% of that account, right? His name's Uncle Sam. Whether you like it or not, we need to plan on paying him. <laughs> As an advisor, we want to legally pay Uncle Sam the bare minimum, and the very least that we possibly can. Okay. In most cases, we can use the IRS tax code and tax laws to your advantage. Okay. And, and legally pay the bare minimum. And that's stuff that we go through with our clients. And you should be thinking about that. So um, I'm going to give you the fourth big mistake we see. See it again very frequently. Inadequate investment diversification. Keeping all of your investments in one basket can be risky, especially if the market fluctuates. We should be aiming in retirement for a diversified portfolio that balances your risk and return. Okay. And it really, it adapts your investment strategy to your current life stage. So this typically means, not always, shifting more towards conservative investments while still maintaining some growth-oriented assets to combat inflation. So two things here I want to point out. We find several folks with a large part of their net worth in one stock. It's usually a big company that they've had for a long time. And the truth is, it's performed well. And to get these people to diversify can be difficult. And I don't blame them. They have millions of dollars because of that company. So it's hard to want to get out of that once that's happened. And I would just ask this, guys. If, if this is the case for you, is it worth the risk? And what is the risk? You've only seen this thing grow over the last 40 years with some ups and downs or 20 years, 30 years, whatever it is. But the risk is this. The CEO, what if they do something crazy? What if the brand or the company puts out a politically incorrect commercial? Uh, the founder gets put in jail. The, the company gets hacked and investors get scared. Hey, that's just a few. I could probably give many more. But that is no fault of your own. That is out of our control completely. So if you have millions of dollars in one stock or a high portion of your net worth or percentage in one stock, I would really, really consider diversifying especially if you already have enough money. You have enough. You know you can live comfortably. Why are we taking that risk? And maybe you have a good answer for that. But I have seen it. One day, folks have $3 million, and the next is down a million. Then they say, oh, I should have done something. And it's too late. Okay, Is that worth the potential risk to get an additional, what, 15 20% when you already have enough? Again, that's up to you. But I'll stop there on the stock thing. The other thing we see with investments is we see people who have not really met with a professional or have been doing it themselves and have not rebalanced in years. What does that mean? So in an easy way, think, think of your pie chart, that pie chart of your investments in your retirement account. And let's pretend 15 years ago, it was 50% in stocks and 50% in the safe stuff, right? And you have not touched it or looked at it. If that's the case, you might now be 90% in stocks and 10% in the safe stuff. You thought you were 50-50. Now you're 90-10, for example. Is that what you want headed into retirement? Okay. Now we're much more risky. 90% of our stuff is in stocks. Is that what we want? Maybe it is, but it's worth taking a look at and, and monitoring, right? 
And the last mistake for today, I could do I could do a lot more, but is ignoring estate planning. Many retirees are overlooking the importance of estate planning. And I think a lot of times it's because people hear the word estate planning and they think it's only for people with $30 million or something or folks with a large trust. That's not true. Estate planning includes having a, not only a will, a simple will, but powers of attorneys, healthcare directives, and making sure beneficiary designations on accounts are up to date and correct. So effective estate planning ensures your assets are distributed according to your wishes and can provide clarity and ease for your loved ones. We've seen this too many times where there's confusion or beneficiaries are, are outdated. I've run into so many ex-spouses as beneficiaries or divorced in-laws, son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, mother-in-laws. They're still the beneficiaries and these folks were divorced a long time ago and their in-laws are actually getting money or minor children are listed as beneficiaries, which is typically not advantageous. Uh, We see kids, grandkids, in many cases, folks that have passed away already are still listed as beneficiaries. We can avoid all these issues that come along with what would happen if we just review the beneficiary. So please do that. So let's get back to the big question and wrap up here. Am I going to be okay along, I guess, with the lingering or nagging doubts of avoiding the big mistake and, and FOMO? This is what advisors do, folks. World-class advisors have a system and a process that address everything here and more by covering the details and making sure nothing falls through the cracks. So. This runs from the very first meeting through consistent communication and review meetings. Okay. We'll be back after this short message. Hi, this is Dave Polsini. Sometimes we are asked, what does six point mean? And I wanted to explain that right now. Six points are the six points of financial planning. We have investment planning, retirement income, risk management, tax planning, estate planning, and then custom goal planning. Those six points include over 120 things that we actually do for folks. So if you are not confident in your six points, reach out to us. Back to the show. And let me wrap up with the action items for us today. So if we're doing this ourselves, this is the process and the framework that I would use. Reach out to us, shoot me a message, email, LinkedIn, whatever. But step one is, how much do you need? Let's figure that out. Step two, where will it come from? How much do we need? Where will it come from? Step three, let's work backwards to save properly. Step four, update investments to match your goals and take on the right amount of risk. We talked about that. Step five, how are we going to maximize social security and your pension if you're lucky enough to have one still, right? Step six, let's minimize your taxes legally now in the future and for the future, and and maybe for your beneficiaries. If you are going to be passing on significant wealth to your beneficiaries, how are we minimizing taxes for them? If you care, by the way, I do have folks that we work with that are, my kids or grandkids will deal with that. They're lucky to be getting something, right? But if you do care about that, we want to minimize that going forward. Step seven, have, have your documents updated and your legacy planning done, the beneficiaries and the stuff that I just mentioned. And, and step eight, the last one, review annually. Okay. If we do all of these things and we stay on top of new interest rates, tax laws, we know the rules. Yes. To answer your question, you will be okay. All right. If you're not confident in doing this yourself, find a trusted advisor that does this 
that does have a process and a system. Okay. Hope that wasn't too much. If you want a recap of those steps, check out the show notes, reach out to us anytime. Thanks for your time today, folks, and make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of six-point financial partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by six-point financial partners or RFG advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA, CPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, six-point financial partners and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.